Hey girl, ready for another week to shine, sparkle, and slay? Just like every week, we'll be learning how to build confidence and business skills so you can show up as the person you've always wanted to be, but didn't think was possible. Get ready to shine by breaking out of that low self-worth. Sparkle when you realize just what you're capable of and slay by holding each other up. I'm Stephanie Rodriguez, and this is the Shine Sparkle Slay podcast. Let's get started. Hey, hey, everybody. Thank you again for joining in for a new episode of the Shine Sparkle Slate podcast. As always, you guys know that we are on the hunt to bring you rock star guests that are going to inspire, motivate, uplift in some way. And we are not disappointing again today. Today, I have George Katz with me. And I just had to talk to this guy because he's got so many different things going for him that I have a lot of interest in. The first thing he's known for is being a peak performance coach. So when we briefly had a conversation, I told him I wanted to pick his brain on what that actually means. I know it can mean a lot of things to a lot of different people. So I wanted to get his perspective. So George, I have to know, what do you mean by saying you're a peak performance coach? Yeah, Stephanie, I'm actually really glad you asked this because the first thing that people think is it's all about pushing and the kind of training that athletes undertake. And what makes the approach that I take very differently is that it's not really about pushing. It's so much more about understanding a fundamental idea about human beings, which is we grow up believing that if we don't push ourselves and we're not hard on ourselves, that we're going to be lazy and we're going to be complacent. And in my experience, that's just simply not true. What makes us lazy? What makes us complacent? What stops us from being able to do the things that we want to do, generally speaking, are barriers internally, these things that I call shadows. And the shadows are are cognitions, their thoughts, their beliefs, their experiences of our past, their ways that we uh, think about ourselves and our self-worth. And they act as almost like weight that we're carrying in our psyches. And the more that weight we carry, the harder it is for us to do the things that we supposedly want to do. Because at the heart of it, humans are intrinsically motivated creatures that want to take on ambient challenges. They want to grow. They want to expand. They want to do these things. So we need to really change that idea of and that belief around this idea of if I don't push myself, if I'm not hard on myself, if I don't outperform everyone else, that I'm going to be lazy and I'm going to be complacent. I like that answer. And that's why I asked the question, because peak performance, like I mentioned, means different things for different people. And I know I sometimes push, push, push a little bit too hard, probably. That's just kind of how I'm wired. But peak performance for me is one that's for me. But for someone else, it could mean something like completely different. So I think it's important to keep that in mind. Like everyone's individual peak performance is unique to them. Am I kind of in line with where you're going? Yeah, absolutely. You know, it's about getting away from this idea of I have to get up at 4am because I've been told I need to get up at 4am or I have to meditate or I have to be able to do four hours of work straight and nonstop because if I don't, then I'm not I'm not going to be good enough to run a business or whatever whatever preconceptions. It's about finding the rhythms, the patterns, and the internal freedoms 
that are going to allow you to perform at your best and to, to, to as you would put it, shine, right? Sparkle, mm-hmm. shine, slay. You got it. And All day, every day. Yeah, that's exactly it. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah. Imposter syndrome. That was something that we briefly chat about. And I know I've dealt with that in the past before. Um, I was in the corporate space and then just ever other things in my life. I've just felt like I didn't identify with what it was at the time. But now that I've learned more about imposter syndrome, I know exactly that is how I was feeling. So imposter syndrome. I feel like a lot of people probably suffer from that. Like, do you agree? Oh, yeah, it seems to be a lot more rampant and it's becoming one of those terms that I'm starting to see creep up a lot. It's that and everyone's starting to believe they have ADHD, which is really interesting. There's a lot of people coming out of the work with this ADHD and I'm sure some of them do have it. Um, I'm sure some of them mislabeling. But yeah, the imposter thing, it's really interesting because a long time ago when I first started building a brand, I was actually planning to build it around the imposter syndrome um, direction. And I wrote a book about it and did a whole bunch of things, but that wasn't where the business went. But to understand the imposter syndrome thing, um, we can take a we can take a God perspective. So we can take a bird's eye view of the situation and then we can sort of come back down and look at the intricacies so that people can kind of understand it in their day-to-day lives. Um, but the first thing I want to point out is there's a lot of really successful people who are going to say they still get imposter syndrome and that you can't get rid of it and that it's just something you have to live with no matter how successful you get. And there's a lot of people, very successful people who have experienced imposter syndrome. And what I'm going to say to that is it's kind of true, but I don't fully agree with that. I think that's just more of a sign of they didn't know how to deal with it and they just found ways to push through it. And again, I'm not about pushing through things. I'm about trying to get you to be lighter, if anything, to make doing big things lighter for you. So imposter syndrome at the heart of it is a self-worth problem because what Mm -hmm. it is, it's the way that our brains try to determine um, hierarchy between us and other people. So what's funny is most of us, tend to default to two positions. We're either looking at our relationship to other people from a position of being better than or less than. Mm -hmm. And the reason we do that is because we will have likely grown up with patterns that either showed us that we need to give to get or we need to take to get. Mm -hmm. And as a result of that, what you're really seeing when you're seeing imposter syndrome is likely an overgiver. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a very good chance they're an overgiver. There's somebody who takes over responsibility for other people. Mm-hmm. So they're always like pre, they're, they're always preoccupied with other people's thoughts, feelings, reactions, that kind of thing. Um, they don't fully trust or embody the truth of the value that they're providing. They don't actually see it. They don't really believe in their worth. They're, and and then their self-image doesn't marry, it doesn't match up with who they are and what they're capable of today. So these are the components that I see with this imposter syndrome stuff. And I spoke to a corporate, uh, this lady who was in, in a bank, who was working in finance in a bank, and I remember she was going for a promotion and she was like, she had three 
board of directors wanting her for this promotion and she's gone up to them and said to them, look, I, I really don't think I'm a fit. And two of them said, no worries, that's fine. And one of them said, how dare you? And she was like, taken aback. She's like, she's like, what do you mean? He's like, how dare you? She goes, well, what have I done? And he goes, how dare you have the goal to think that you know better than us to what it is that we need? How do you think that we don't know whether or not you're a fit for what we're looking for? Okay. Mm-hmm. And that's, that's kind of like the heart of imposter syndrome, right? Because, mm-hmm. because what you're really doing is you're showing a lack of compassion. And what I mean by that is it's up to the other person to decide if they want the thing that you can offer them. It's up to them to decide. And it's also very compassionate of you to give them the freedom to say no or to reject it or to uh, decline it or whatever. But what you don't do, what you do a disservice with for yourself and for them is to put this barrier of feeling like you're going to be an imposture, uh, imposter. And then the funnier, the, the other side of that is the, the, cure to, the cure to imposter syndrome is to be an imposter because imposters have no shame about being an imposter mm-hmm. right so true <laughs> so so like the true the real imposters don't have shame mm-hmm. they don't have shame about being imposters and that's actually why they don't feel like imposters so the real cause is the shame that you're carrying for whatever you reason. just that was beautiful how you just described everything and i like that you tied it to self-worth because i had mentioned that i was one that i know that i had it in the past and just as i've done a lot of work on myself and i've grown and i don't have any shame anymore and i'm just like whatever (laughs) you like me you like me and if you don't you don't and i'm okay with that but it took me a while to get here in when you mentioned self-worth that's the difference i think for me too so i think as my self-worth grew. And that happened when I started doing Shine Sparkle Slay, my passion, what I believe in, that's when the self, self-worth dropped and I started to become into my, my real self. So that was really cool that you tied it to self-worth because I, that was like spot on for me. Yeah. Um, the thing about the lesser than or the better than positions is they're about shame. So the less, the, lesser than position basically puts in your head I need to be perfect. I need to chase perfection in order to deserve my needs, whatever those needs are, love, attention, affection, um, support, whatever it might be. And then the better than position is I need to be godlike. I need to be above others. I need to outperform them. I need to have more than them to get love, attention, support, etc., etc., etc. So when you're talking about how that imposter syndrome dropped as you got more self-worth what you're really talking about is the fact that you were able to collapse those two things and just accept yourself because that's what that's what acceptance Mm. is it's no longer worrying about being in the less than or better than position it's just being Mm. yes you're so right i can tell you it's a beautiful spot to be in oh absolutely and obviously you know that's freeing you up to not only pursue this this passion that you have and, and to be expressive and to be you and doing it with what you're talented at and what you're gifted at and what brings you joy. Um, that's the real, that's the real peak of your performance is, is no longer performing for other people, but actually performing for yourself. 
and that performance is the the truth of you and that's really kind of the double entendre of peak performance that I'm trying to get across too because we a lot of us do find ourselves performing you know we do hold back or we do play certain roles or we do think we need to go down this path because we've been told this is the path for us and um the more that we free ourselves up to not perform but to be able to peak perform from who we truly are uh in my experience that makes everything easier it makes taking Mm. action massive action easier Oh my goodness. You're so right. So much easier. Something else you mentioned that I found interesting is you had mentioned ADD and how a lot of people are coming out with ADD and how do you think that relates? How does that go with imposter syndrome? And I have to ask, cause I have ADD and I took the test and they're like the doctor after he got, it was a three hour test. And after he read my results, he goes, Whoa. <laughs> so I know <laughs> for sure I have ADD, but you mentioned that as we were talking about imposter syndrome. So how do those two kind of go how could they go hand yeah. in hand? Yeah, um, I think I think things trend and you have to be careful with trends because like even a while back I was going through a rough patch and I was convinced that I had ADHD. I didn't do testing in that. There were definitely symptoms that could potentially point to that, but I'm not so sure that that's the case. I think there was some other things going on. Now, if you do think you have ADHD or ADD, Absolutely get tested. It, it, the thing about things like ADHD or ADD or um, imposter syndrome or another one would be introversion, okay, mm-hmm. is is all of those things tend to be trends and labels that people self-diagnose with. And it's not always the case that what you're diagnosing is accurate. You probably don't have the training or experience. Mm-hmm. And more importantly, when you do diagnose, you have to be careful that that doesn't become a box that you confine yourself to. Absolutely. Because you know? these things, these things to me are more like signposts and those signposts can guide you to information about yourself and potentially discover some blocks, some shadows um, internally that maybe are causing these kind of behaviors to be taking place. So, Absolutely, if you're concerned, go seek professional assistance, get tested, find out for certain if that's the case. And always good to speak to a couple doctors because some doctors obviously push that that direction a lot heavier than others. So the trust and the relationship you have with the doctor is really important. But fundamentally, the the relationship there is that these things trend. They trend Mm -hmm. and people start using them a lot more. And we just need to be careful with those labels because even with introversion, introversion is not a re- it's not the result of your inability to have good social skills or be afraid to talk to people or anything like that. It's purely about how you get energy and something like 70 or 80% of the population are ambiverts. And ambiverts are basically people that go between extroversion and introversion depending on depending on a lot of factors. So a lot of us are calling ourselves introverts when really we're probably shy or have social anxiety or just not confident socially because we never developed those skills. And um, we need to be careful with labels because labels can be freeing and they can be confining. I agree on so many things that you just said. I could tell that you and I could just like talk for hours Um, (laughs) (laughs) because you're talking about labels and 
Okay. So let's talk about the ADD label. So I so agree. If you feel like, you know, you need to to talk to someone, get tested, all that jazz, you so should do it. I'm just going to share my story real quick that I did. I I was feeling some kind of way and it, it basically boiled down to, I was just not happy in life and what I was doing and everything. And I knew I was feeling some kind of way and I couldn't focus. And so I went and I took the test and I the doctor goes, whoa. So I was like, all right. So I take the medicine for, I don't know, roughly six months. It makes my heart, uh, or I'm sorry, my blood pressure go up. So I stopped taking it. And in that six month period, I could tell I was laser focused. I was doing the job that I was supposed to do. But once I went off, that is literally when Shine Sparkle Slay started. Mm. Like I was so focused. Like I I didn't, I wasn't creative and I was just, I felt like I was just taking a pill just to make me kind of zone out. And, but then I swear, once I start taking that is like all these great things happen. And now I take nothing and I'm my fast talking all over the place self, but I mean, it's working for me. <laughs> so that's why I so agreed. Even if you are diagnosed, don't fall into that like little box. Like I have ADD and like, you're just like, you have that label the whole time because I mean, it's yeah, not the yeah. end of the world. Yeah, totally. And and if you do have that and it does help you to seek out strategies and stuff that are that are helpful to you, that's fantastic. Mm-hmm. What I'll also say is there's a very uh, cutting edge modality in therapy. It's called internal family systems therapy. And it's one of the most heavy evidence-based therapies out there. I actually am looking to become a practitioner in it, but the problem right now is they have such high demands. They're getting thousands of people wanting to become practitioners, but they do it all by lottery. So I'm just like crossing my fingers and hoping that I get selected. And I've called every every facilitator across the world to try and get coaching. And um, they're just backlogged like crazy. But the reason I bring IFS up is because in IFS, they look at diagnosis. they They look at a metal condition. They look at the symptoms as as just different parts of you that are playing in a dynamic. Mm-hmm. So, so if you look at the conditions that that you need to have to have ADHD or ADD, what IFS would say is these are different parts of you that are all in a cluster, and they're all trying to deal with. They're all playing off each other like a family, and the sooner you can get that cohesion between that family. Um, those symptoms are going to start going away. They're not going to be there. So I find that that kind of approach is very, very powerful and it helps you understand these things as symptoms rather than some dis-ease. Mm-hmm. It is dis-ease, right? It's dis-ease, but it's dis-ease between parts of you. Mm-hmm. It's not you. Yeah, that totally makes sense. And I did not know that our conversation was going to be about ADD, but then once you said that, I had a ton of questions, but it all kind of relates. So, so it's, so it's very good conversation. You mentioned perfectionism and you also mentioned procrastination in our earlier conversation. Mm -hmm. And I had a question for you because I have always been a perfectionist. I'm trying to let go. I think I'm doing, I'm going to give myself credit. I have done a good job at letting go of that. I was way worse in the past. And then procrastination. Like, do you see that they go hand in hand at all? Or because I felt like for, at one point in my life, like they kind of 
did. Like I was a perfectionist. So I had to wait until A, B, and C was perfect before I could move to anything else. So I would procrastinate over here. Or do you think they're just two entirely different things? There's definitely a relationship that can exist between the two. They're not always, they're not always the cause of each other, but they can be. So I'm going to go high level again with you here. There's, there's really five major fears that people try to avoid in their lives. And those fears are essentially what people need to step through, the fires that people need to step through in order to deal with a lot of these problems. So those fears are rejection, failure, making mistakes, being ignored, and disappointing. Mm-hmm. Okay? And if you really look at, for instance, the need to do something perfectly, it's almost going to be in an attempt to avoid one of these five fears. I'm Mm. I'm going to get rejected or I'm going to fail. I'm going to make a mistake. I'm going to be ignored or I'm going to disappoint. And what that is about is that the market, the marketplace and the way that, that just people naturally are looking for the path of least resistance. So, the whole entire market out there for for dealing with these things is always telling you that there's a way, there's a cure, there's an answer where you can avoid these five fears. But you become more free in yourself the more that you face these five fears, whether that's in your personal or business um, relationships. You face these five fears, you, you, you grow stronger, you become more free, you're able to express yourself more and you're going to be more passionate and more productive. That's just facts yes there's no denying that so perfectionism can be because of procrastination absolutely but there are eight types of procrastination that i'm aware of and that i see very common so i'll read them off to you here the first one which is the major one is poor expectation management Mm -hmm. so what that is is that in 1890 william james created the formula for self-esteem. He's actually, he he coined the term self-esteem. And his formula for self-esteem is basically expectations of reality, okay? If your expectations and the reality match up, your esteem goes up. Makes sense. If it doesn't, it goes down. So what happens with people Nowadays, we call it self-efficacy. We don't call that self-esteem. We, we, ta- we attach self-esteem to self-worth. Mm-hmm. Um, self-efficacy is your belief in your capacity to be able to do things. Mm-hmm. That's the core of self-efficacy. And that belief in, in your capacity to do things is tied to your ability to handle expectations. So poor expectation management is like me. I'm terrible at cooking, by the way, like really bad. And <laughs> I, I get overwhelmed by it. But I've had five-star meals before, so I know what a really good meal tastes like, okay? Mm -hmm. So when I go to cook and I taste it and I think about, hey, I'm trying to aim to get this, like, five-star quality meal, and then it doesn't come out five stars or it doesn't even come out anywhere close because it's the first time I've done it, now that expectation I had about, like, getting this right or getting it beautiful or whatever, that, that didn't get met in reality. So my self-esteem will go down. And I'm going to give the listeners a really simple formula that I learned from a mentor of mine called Stu Hallam. Um, 
to countervent this, to counteract this in their own lives, which is really simple, but it, it's another way of collapsing things so that you can get your expectations back on track. It's really simple. It's basically, even though whatever you didn't do, whatever went wrong, whatever didn't happen, whatever, whatever, even though da 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 I still, whatever went well, and I'm on my way to getting better at cooking yet. Mm-hmm. So you could apply that to anything. could be even that sales call didn't end up in a, in a client, I still got on the call even with nerves and I'm still on my way to becoming better at sales yet. I think that mindset is essential. I say all the time, I, you know, I started the shine brand about a year ago. Have I done everything perfectly? No. Have I learned? I, I say nothing is a failure. I learned something from everything that I've done. And I think that mindset shift is just key. You're, if you look at it as you're always learning versus, oh, that was not good at all. Like it changes everything. Mm, absolutely. Um, you actually pointed out a really important thing too, which is there's a difference between failing and failure. Okay. There's a difference between making a mistake and being a mistake. Mm. There's a difference between doing something that wasn't good enough and feeling like you're not good enough. Mm. Okay. And the difference is whether or not you personalize it versus whether or not you take it as feedback. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of what you're go- where you're going with it as well when you're talking about seeing it as a learning because what trips people up is they don't go, oh, that failed. They go, I'm a failure. Mm. Yeah. And that distinction is huge. It really is. It really is. Okay. You have like talked about so many cool topics today and I'm kind of, so (laughs) you talked about collapse in the beginning, like collapsing all these things. And I think from what I'm hearing, collapsing all these different things, that's what's going to bring you to your peak performance. Is that kind of what I'm hearing? Yeah, because collapsing allows you to accept, accept Mm -hmm. yourself as you are. Right. So, so another mentor of mine, um, Delora, how would I even pronounce her last name? Gigmion. Yeah. She's a Canadian lady. She's lovely. Um, She kind of helped me understand this idea and and something that she helped me with because I'm always seeking out mentors. I I don't think I have all the answers. Nobody does. Mm -hmm. And also we always need somebody else to show us our blind spots. That's always important. She taught me the the importance of the term, so what? (laughs) Mm. Because... (laughs) Because when we think about this, right, you, you do the job and you go, oh, I'm going to fail. I'm going to fail at this thing. Like if I don't do this perfectly, I'm going to fail. If you ask yourself, so what? And then you say, well, then people are going to leave me or people, I won't have any clients anymore. And you go, so what? Well, then I won't have money in my, and then I won't be able to put food on the table. So what? Well, then I'll end up on the streets. So what? And you just keep going. Like at some point, those are all possibilities and they're all realities and you're likely, you're probably more than likely not going to get to that point no matter what. But the so what is coming back to the fact that you don't have to be better than or less than to get your needs met. You're still going to be lovable. You're still going to be accepted. You're still going to be supported. Um, you're still going to be you. You're still going to be worthy. You, 
your worth and your brilliance is the result of existing. It's not the result of your achievements. It's not the result of anything. I mean, anyone who has a child, and I don't have a child, but I have nieces and nephews, um, but anyone that has a child, there's nothing that child has to do to be deserving of your love or for you to want to provide their needs. There's absolutely nothing. And even if that child, for whatever reason, has challenges or whatever, that doesn't change that they're fully deserving of love and that you fully meet their needs and fully want to be there for them. They don't have to do anything to do that. They don't have to do anything or be anything other than what they are. And, but, I mean, we're just adult. We're just grown children. That's all we are. That's true. We're just, we're just grown <laughs> children. And I see it all the time. And, and the things that I see mostly is grown children, grown children and grown teenagers. That's what I see all the time. Um, like what, what I mean by that is 40-year-old men in business but who are still out playing out the fact that in high school the, the popular girl didn't want to be with them or, um, or whatever it might be. Mm-hmm. So we're all just grown children. And if we can understand to like extend the love that we have for our children or for our nephews and nieces or for just children in general because I don't know many people who just aren't just melted in the presence of a child if we could do that for ourselves, a lot of this crap just goes away. It wow. really does. I like how you just framed that. So true. That's beautiful. We are just big children. We should give ourselves the same love. Yeah, just acceptance. Um, and acceptance does not mean complacency. Acceptance does not mean tolerating. Acceptance mm-hmm. does not mean that things can't change. Mm-hmm. Okay. I think that's a really important key here is by accepting, if I, if I accept the wall is in front of me, before I accepted it, I kept running into it, right? And I'm stuck because I, I keep running into this wall, but I'm not accepting it. So I'm pretending like it's not there. Mm-hmm. If I accept the wall, what that allows me to do is to look around. And go, oh, there's a wall in front of me. Mm-hmm. Is there a way around it? Do I need to climb over it? Is there a door somewhere here? It opens the possibility for me to grow. It opens the possibility for me to expand, to change, to move forward. Because now I'm actually looking at reality as it is, mm-hmm. not ignoring it. Mm-hmm. And, and then there's some things that you can't change, right? So maybe, you know, for a long time, like I have a big nose, I wear glasses, I have red hair, I'm short, yada, 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 yada. To be fair, glasses, I could get, I, I had contacts, I could get laser. For my hair, I could dye it. For my height, I could wear uh, lifts. Uh, <laughs> there's so many things that you can do, right? Right. But, but, but I don't need to do any of those things because, because I, there's nothing that I gain by not accepting myself. So true. It, it, it doesn't do anything for me. I can complain about the fact that I'm not six feet tall and that, some people won't want to be with me because I'm not six feet tall, but that's not going to make me six feet tall. No, you're so right. Acceptance is everything. Absolutely. We, and you're we, a rock star, really so don't change to. anything about yourself. You got it? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And you are, and that's the thing. You are a rock star. You just, you just, um, again, as another mentor pointed out to me once, you're just looking at yourself through a distorted mirror. Mm-hmm. 
like a like a fun house mirror you're not actually taking in the reflection that the world around you is giving you you're taking it in and then it's getting absorbed through this distorted fun house mirror and that's the image that you're seeing of yourself and that's mm -hmm. really what's getting in your way is, is the way that you see yourself mm -hmm. i'm like so like just in all of everything you're saying do you have books by <laughs> chance have you written books by i don't see that listed so i had to ask do you have books um i did write a book i haven't published it i wrote it in two weeks um because I just, it was just a brain dump mm. and I wrote it and this was about six months ago. It, it hasn't been published, but now with my focus sort of shifting because for a long time I was using my powers to help people with dating and relationships. But what's happening was as I was working on dating and relationships with people, the people gravitating towards me tended to be overachievers quite successful overachievers for whatever reason. So that's kind of why now there's more of a focus on this peak performance side. But yeah, so I wrote this book. It needs to be edited still. Probably needs to be a few changes as the focus for be dating and relationship. But there is plans to, to put it out and, and to have it out there, uh, hopefully in the next couple of months. Awesome. Yeah, I, I'm so loving everything that you're saying. So tell me more about this peak for performance coaching that you're doing. How long have you been doing it? What kind of um, things does it entail? Just anything you can share on that, because I think it's super cool. I think you're doing exactly what you should be doing. Oh, thank you so much. Um, so generally, I work with people one-to-one -one for six months. And some of the people I've worked with include ex-Navy SEAL, UFC grappling coach, a A-plus list copywriter, dating coaches, um, a variety of people. And funnily enough, the patterns that run underachievers are the same patterns that run overachievers. It just runs them in different directions. One runs, overachievers run towards and underachievers run away from. And that's really the only difference, but they basically suffer from the same underlying patterns. And I've seen that time and time again. And I've been both of those things. Um, but going back to it, so yeah, I work one-to-one -one with clients over six months and basically help them with giving them a strong foundation that allows them to thrive in their businesses, thrive in their personal relationships, address the internal self-sabotaging behaviors that tend to show up, help them deal with the negative self-talk and eliminate that because that's a big problem, allow them to be productive and hyper-productive with great focus but without the, the added stresses that they put on themselves, we remove all that, we strip all that away because it's unnecessary. And I'm actually currently developing a 10-week group program. It, it's kind of tailored towards men, but it's not really for, it doesn't have to be a man. It's more about masculine than it is about man. It's about being able to connect to that masculine energy in very pragmatic ways because I'm a pragmatist at heart. And that program is going to be 10 weeks and it's built on the foundation. So like the first week we're going to go over this idea of one up, one down, because basically all problems that you face in life are in almost always the result of one up, one down. So you either think that you have to be better than or less mm. than, or you're less than now and you think you have to be better than, or you're better than and you're afraid that this thing is going to make you less than. So those are the, the positions. Um, and then we're going to, we're going to be working through 
negative self-talk, intrinsic motivation, which is a huge one because intrinsic motivation is understanding that you do, at your core, want to take on really ambient, interesting, new, growth-inspiring challenges. And the question should never be, am I lazy? Am I going to do nothing? Am I going to be complacent? Am I just going to want to sit around? The question should be, what are the barriers right now that you have from being a, being able to fully connect to the part of you, to the parts of you that want to take on big challenges and are excited to do that and can get up in the morning and do a 30-minute workout if that's what you need to do? Because personally, I can do – someone was asking me yesterday. I post on my Facebook every two hours and my group every two hours. I train jujitsu and martial arts six times a week. I, I do uh, video recordings, I do my podcasts, I work with my clients, I make time to work on myself, I do affirmations, I work on my rehabilitation for my back, I, I make time for my friends, I make time for relationship. And I'm not, I'm not a superhero. I'm, not, I'm an ordinary person. I am ordinary as anything. And that's actually the real freedom is to be ordinary because if you want to do extraordinary things you have to be ordinary and do a little extra on top that's mm-hmm. all it is it's true right? yeah <laughs> it's extraordinary you mm-hmm. don't need to be a superhero you don't need to be olympic gold medalist mm-hmm. uh, athlete you just need to be ordinary plus a little extra on top mm-hmm. i love how you just said that a little extra <laughs> on top. Yeah. Great. It sounds so yeah. amazing, everything you have going on. So share with the listeners where they can find you. I'm also going to drop all the links in the show notes, but I always like for the guests to also share where um, it is that the listeners could find you when if they are seeking some advice. Yeah, so right now, um, this brand is a rebuilding from the ground. So right now, I'm, I'm focusing all my attention on Facebook. So they can find me at facebook.com slash George. K coach and also by all means join my Facebook community which is the light method and that can be found at facebook.com slash groups slash the light method all one word pretty sure I joined that group the other day yeah yeah, yeah. you're inside I, yeah. I, I see you I see, I see your sparkly little avatar <laughs> that stands out <laughs> super it cool does. it does indeed <laughs> super cool yeah so if you guys are out driving the car walking the dog whatever the case may be and you didn't catch that it's all good you know i always got you so i will drop all those links down in the show notes so you can go back and grab those whenever the time is right for you and i just want to say thank you again george for joining me today i can always tell those that are going to be really great conversations and i knew just from what you um submitted i was like oh, i can't wait to talk to this guy so thank you so much for joining Thank you, Stephanie. Of course, of course. All right, guys. If no one has told you today, you are beautiful, you are worthy, and yes, you can do this. Have a great day. Thank you so much for taking time out of your busy day to shine with us. If you enjoyed this episode, please show us some love by subscribing to our show and sparkle us by submitting a rating and review. And if you're ready to slay, girlfriend, stop over to our website, shinesparkleslay.com. We have a free gift waiting there just for you.